Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. One, hey now. Two, three, four. Catch yours. Still in your head, huh? I can't stop. That's why they call them an earworm. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of After Nine. Very minimal amount of screwing around because we've got to get into it. First and foremost, that leaf game took me through every emotion I think my body knows how to create last night. They were down. Then they came back, and then they had to hold that lead as Tampa Bay put on a last-minute flurry, and they won. And Wow, am I ever excited. (laughs) Listen, I'll be honest with you. I I didn't know. I didn't think it was going to go great in the beginning because I I felt like it was the same as the last game. That's the vibe I was getting. Like, oh, here we go again. And also, do you find it hard? I mean, we joke around about it, right? Like, oh, you get me stressed out. You get my blood pressure rising. But I truly find it hard to watch sometimes playoff games. I truly do. Like, at one point, I had to walk away. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to leave and come back in a bit. And hopefully they've scored. Like, I can't even watch. You ever like just want something? I just want them to get past this first round. But anyway, um, hey, good, fine. They, they did it this one anyway. The Leafs, I actually feel, if they can get through the first round, are going to have an easier time as it gets later into the playoffs. The, the Penguins are going to shock the shit out of everybody and eliminate the Rangers. That'd be great. If we could somehow get Washington to take out Florida, that'd be amazing. Somebody take out Colorado and just give Toronto the cup. That would be amazing. As long as they don't have to play Vasilevsky anymore, I'll be a happy guy. Because, God damn it, he is a good goaltender for Tampa Bay. He stole them games mm-hmm. for the last two years, and he's still doing it now. And I don't know what's going to happen, but I would love to see the Leafs win it in six in Tampa Bay tomorrow night. Go, Leafs, go! Woo! About time Tavares scored, by the way. And and off topic, uh, they've got to stop screwing around with Jason Spezza. Stop fucking around with that guy. You put him in the lineup. If he's healthy and he can play, you put him in. Because his value isn't just on the ice. Three different players last night, Nylander, Matthews, and Tavares, all said that whatever it was that Jason Spezza said to the team in the first intermission was exactly what they needed to go out and get the job done. Are we going to find out eventually? Is it like, remember they did the 24-7 thing? There's a lot of like behind the scenes. HBO does them too. Are we going to find out? I don't know if it's all being filmed, but I'm curious to know what he said. Listen, somebody has to step up and be a leader. And I don't know if Tavares is the leader. He has the C. I don't know if he's a leader. But I know Spezza is. And whatever he said last night got that team fired up. They came back and they won it. He also had a private conversation with Jack Campbell after Campbell let in the second goal. And Campbell stood on his head after that. So we need this guy. Stop screwing around. Put Spezza in the lineup anytime he wants to be in. And that's the end of this podcast. Thank you for... <laughs> no, I'm that's kidding. it. That's all. Um, never okay. Ever okay to put something in someone's drink unknowingly. Of course not. 
I have yeah. a different kind of story about that, though. I have a different twist on that story coming up in a few, and I'm curious to hear your take. I also want to ask you, Kat, about a story that you mentioned on our FM radio show. Who is this guy from Grey's Anatomy that's doing Broadway and he, he's full frontal nude and yeah. somebody put the pictures online? Yeah, Jesse Williams. He played Dr. Jackson Avery, for those who maybe even watched Grey's for a short amount of time. He was on the series for a long, long time. Anyway, announced he was leaving. Um, his character didn't die off, though. I have a feeling his character will be back depending on how much longer Grey's Anatomy goes. So anyway, that's a side story. You need to know about him if you don't know anything. He's very attractive and he decided to leave to pursue Broadway. And we had heard a little while back, oh, he's going to be a part in Take Me Out. And Take Me Out, there's full frontal nudity. And he has decided to do this. So the, the Broadway play, I don't even know when it began recently, let's just say. So one of the shows, what you're supposed to do in every single show is put your phone in the pouch. Everybody knows about the pouch system. You've probably been to a concert where you had to throw your phone in the pouch so that it's a signal blocker. You can't text. You can't put any video out there. And they have a policy, and you're supposed to abide by that policy. Don't sneak around. So somebody who went to the theater to watch this particular play and obviously had themselves a crush on Jesse Williams decided to film Jesse Williams' part where he is nude in a shower. And that went on Twitter. And as it goes, it was shared and retweeted and copied and retweeted and over and over again. So this happened on Monday. Same day, by the way, he was nominated for a Tony Award for this particular role, which I find interesting. He could also get one of the Pornhub Awards. Well, yeah, a lot of people liked it. I don't it. know if people aspire to I win mean, those. I but don't know. But I, I wouldn't mind. Listen, a lot of people liked it, and uh, that's fine. And I think it, you know, some people would say any publicity is good publicity. But the problem is the theater company has a serious issue with this. A serious issue. They were not happy about it. They called it an ethics issue. They said they will be investigating. I would worry, I think, if I was that person that did it. Because just based on where you're sitting alone, they may be able to track down and figure out exactly who you are. Mm -hmm. There's a possibility there is images or cameras set up inside the theater in order to see the audience members. I don't know this for a fact. I'm just saying it's possible. So I would worry a bit if I was that person that decided to do it. But... I have mixed feelings on this whole thing because, yes, I understand, okay, you were supposed to go to a show. You're supposed to lock up your phone. You were supposed to see the play in order to see it all. And it's, a, it's, it's theater. It's art. It's a part of the production. It, it's needed for the storyline. I could argue it, but it's needed for the storyline, they say. So it's not really about, hey, dick's out. Take a picture. This is awesome. It's not like you're seeing Magic Mike, for example. But at the same time, people are talking about this Broadway show a lot now. It's absolutely everywhere. So theater company unhappy. There's a like a actors committee that's obviously unhappy with it. They're going to, of course, they're going to denounce it. And then there's Jesse Williams. Now, Jesse was on with Andy Cohen just to give you the full the full sh- story with on Monday night, which watch what happens live is, is Andy Cohen's show. And he did ask him about the full frontal. And Jesse said it wasn't a big deal. He wasn't addressing the footage leaking, but he just said, I don't think it's a big deal. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's a, it's a naked body, you know, see it move along. Who cares? Why does it need to be like everything about the show? When you hear he's doing full frontal, it's literally a 30 second moment in this big two hour production basically is what he said. So there's, that's where we stand. There's people who believe that this person who did it should absolutely be, I don't know if it's be sued or slapped with a fine, have some kind of repercussions. I think they should be charged criminally. I don't know what the actual laws are in America, but I do know that in Canada, for example, we have 
revenge porn laws. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to put out a picture of someone else, an intimate partner, if you will, or anybody nude like that. You're just not allowed to. You can't. Remember when, who was that loser member of parliament that got caught a couple of times with his pecker out during Zoom parliament during the pandemic? People that retweeted that, they could have faced serious consequences. The people who posted that photo could have faced consequences. You're not allowed to put out a photo of someone naked or their privates in any way without their consent. And I feel like that's what happened. The only thing that makes me question whether or not I'm thinking the right way is he did do it in public. Mm -hmm. There was no vetting of the audience. It's not like they were all intimate partners in the audience. Mm -mm. He, He did it for an audience. Now, he wasn't expecting that audience to be the billions around the world that could have seen it on Twitter, but either way, he did publicly get naked. So that's the only reason I'm a little hesitant to go in and drop the charges, but I do feel like this person should face some consequences because I'm half wondering, and I hate to spin it around, but if they had done that to, I don't know. Well, Britney Spears is a bad example because she gets naked She'll all the do time that lately. Anyway. If it was uh, Jessica Beale had done a nude scene on Broadway and somebody put the naked pictures out there, I have a feeling that this would be treated a lot differently than a guy with do his pecker so? out. I do, actually. I think it would be treated differently. I hear- Mind you, I also think that there'd be calls from the actor, actor, actress, whomever, to have that done. And I don't know that Jesse really wants somebody charged here. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, the, the revenge porn thing is totally apples to oranges for me. I don't think that that's the same, it's the same thing at all. I think it does matter how Jesse feels about it. But at the same time, I, I think I'm trying to figure out what a theater company could even do. I think, if anything, it would be a ban. You are banned from, you know, entering here. I don't think it's going to be much. I do understand some people find this gross, uh, find it unacceptable. But I do argue once again, this is a guy who signed up for the role, probably knowing full well it's possible that people would do this. It's possible. It's known people will talk about it. I mean, it was talked about before it even hit Broadway that there's going to be full frontal. Some of the, the some of the only reasons why people even attended that show are for those purposes, guys. There are multiple naked people, by the way. He's not the only one full frontal. There's a shower scene. It involves him and another man. He plays a gay baseball player, I think it is. It's a baseball show. I forget. He plays a gay baseball player. There's several people full frontal nude in this. There are people that are going to go for that reason alone, whether or not they share it. Sharing it, I understand if people would be upset. I don't really think, see this being a, like a criminal charge there was an intimate moment. It, it wasn't. He's going to continue to do these shows night after night, and in his own words... It's just a naked body. It's not a big deal. Okay. We'll follow it. I'm curious to see if anything comes of it. I want... (laughs) (laughs) What'd you say? Come again? (laughs) All right. I I walked right into that. Yep. Uh, Head on. (laughs) Okay, I'm done. Go ahead. This girl on TikTok being slammed after she joked about slipping a drug into her man's drink. Uh Uh-oh. It's weird because just yesterday I saw an ad for, it's a little sleeve that I assume mainly women would be interested in this. It's a little sleeve. You can carry it around. It it ends up like the size of a lighter. It takes up almost no space in your purse, but you take this sleeve and it fits over the top of your glass. Only enough room there for a straw. And that's so when you're looking around or looking over here or there or whatever, no one can slip something in your drink. I've seen these before. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. And you never know who might try and do something. I mean, it's a horrible world out there. And Mm -hmm. there's people who would drug you 
to try and take advantage of you. But this is a different kind of drugging. This unidentified woman in the video is opening a pack of vital honey and pouring it into a bottle of Don Julio tequila. She says, when you need your little minute man to go rounds tonight. Oh, wow. Vital Honey is advertised as a product that enriches your body with a sudden boost of vitality and stamina so you can enjoy your romantic pleasures without the struggles of burnout. She basically gave her guy, because she wanted to fuck all night, a sex-enhancing drug. Wow. Put it right in his drink. Yeah, that's not, that's, that's wrong. They're in a committed relationship, apparently. Does that make it any different? No. Can you drug your partner to no. make him last longer in bed? No. Is there any circumstance where it's okay to put something in someone's drink? This is very black and white for me. It's an absolute no. I agree it doesn't with you. matter how long you've been with the person. It doesn't matter if this is someone who you know, for example, oh, I'm going to give them this THC lace drink and, and pretend like there's no THC in it. This will be fun. I think they'll think it's funny. Regardless of what you think, I, I, I don't think it's right at all. You always ask for permission first. You always talk to the person about it, even if it, you are in a relationship with them. So no, that's a no for me. It's not right no matter who you are. Okay, let's go to last night. Hey, the leaders were in Northern Ontario for a little debate. And although it was pretty boring and mainly about Northern issues, there was one point that I want to play for you because the premier talked about nurses. And one of the big issues in the election campaign we're having right now is the 1%. Premier Ford, to try and get public sector wages under control, imposed an across the board, no more than 1% per year pay increase. Some people feel it's very generous, the raises that some are getting. Other people say, well, it shouldn't have been across the board because maybe we want to give teachers only 1%, but maybe nurses should get 4% and and they're trying to nuance the numbers. So it came up in the debate. Listen to a little bit of Stephen Del Duca first before I get to an exchange with the premier and the leader of the Greens. Things that need to be learned, and Mr. Schreiner pointed this out and he's right. The ability to collaborate, the ability to work together and find consensus on issues that are this fundamental, your health and safety, should go beyond partisan politics throughout the year, but even on a stage in the middle of an election campaign. And that's what I and the new Ontario Liberal team are committed to delivering for you. Go ahead. Okay, so I wanted to play that simply because you'll notice it. It's subtle. The new Ontario Liberal Party. Hmm. He's trying to make it seem like since he took over, he's not the exact same guy that was right there with Andrea Horvath and Dalton McGuinty. We're a new party. The fuck out of here. You're not a new party. You're the exact same party. In fact, you're probably worse than the last party. But anyway, here is the Green Party leader. Really short. Yeah, yeah, Marcus, I just want to really quickly say that one lesson we have learned is supply chains when it comes to medical supplies. I will give the Mr. Ford credit. He came to my riding in Guelph and we opened Medline, which is going to supply more uh, PPE. But now I'm going to ask Mr. Ford, will you stand up for nurses and PSWs and frontline healthcare workers and commit to removing the wage restraint on them? Because we've all four all right. called we'll them let, we'll heroes. We'll let Doug Ford respond Can to that. Do because that? Can we do that? We're going work over here. together on that one, Marcus. Go ahead, Mr. Ford. Would you like to respond? Well, I'd love to respond. We have a strong plan. We're the only government that has a plan. We created 3,100 more acute care beds than we've ever had. We're investing $40 billion, with a B, $40 billion, building new hospitals, 
and re revamping hospitals right across this province. We have never ever seen that. Now let's talk about the PSWs. Under the previous Liberal government, propped up by the NDP, they ignored the PSWs. So they're the hardest working, underpaid people I've ever seen throughout this pandemic. It's like you haven't we, been We made sure that years. they have a $3 an hour it's increase. Like you haven't been and let's talk about years. the great nurses that we have. Oh, that. Can somebody please answer the goddamn question? They want to know if they're entitled to a raise. And a lot of people happen to feel that they are. That helped all of the us great throughout the pandemic. The great nurses hold on. This right. is we're going to move on. We're going to Topic. Everybody shut up! It's so, like knives in my fucking head listening to them argue. It really is. Again, why can't we have an actual bona fide none of the above option? And if we all voted none of the above and said, listen, you fucking losers, all of you go back, quit, come back with four new people, and let's try this again. Let's hit the refresh button on this bad boy. We need I, to hit the refresh button because all these people are just slimy. And Doug, fuck, why will you just not answer that question? Yeah. Why if, will you not? Well, and it begs the question, too, why do we even bother having these debates? It really just seems to be a waste of everybody's time. It's free advertising. Not, it's a promo. Not much changes. Uh, as someone who votes, I'm still, you know, unsure, perhaps, or confused. I think a lot of people are. We're not getting the questions we want answered answered. What is the point? What's the point? It's a, just a game. It does seem like a game. You're absolutely right. It seems like a game. And I, I don't understand when there's a lot at stake here and a lot of shit has gone down for the last two years in particular. And there was a lot of shit going down before COVID even started. You'll probably remember there was that whole time where Doug went completely AWOL for six months because he didn't want to answer questions. And then there was a federal election campaign right, on right. all that shit. We can't drill down on any of it because you get everybody just pouncing on the guy. And he wasn't even answering the question anyway. So I don't even know if I blame the other ones for jumping on him. We need better. We deserve better. And God damn it, can somebody that is capable of moderating a debate, myself included, please host the next debate. Answer the goddamn question. And if you don't, you're going to get centered out and ridiculed and you will be called out. Who do we have to ask to, to get you? I would love to see you moderate one of those debates. That would be fantastic. Well, they don't do a lot of them and they have real friendly people that moderate them. I mean, that moderator, I get that he lives in North Bay and he probably doesn't do a lot of provincial leader debates. But nonetheless, they're they're people. They're people. I've met all four of them. I would be comfortable asking them that question. And if they didn't answer, saying you didn't answer the question, you your voters are entitled to an answer. What are you going to do about the 1%? And if the answer is nothing, fine. When he brought this in, it wasn't that unpopular with people outside the civil service. So stand up for it if you really believe it. And then there's people like me who believe if you're not answering the question, we know it's probably a no. That's you know, right, like, too. Th I just assume. I'm going to go ahead and assume, then, what your answer is based on what you say. And if you're dancing around the issue and not answering the question, I know it's the worst-case scenario. That's what, that's what I'm figuring. 
So maybe it's best if they answer point blank, you know? You know, Doug won't answer questions about the nurses. You've got Steve there who wasn't even asked about one of the most controversial things we've heard in this campaign so far, that he's going to require kids to be fully vaccinated to go to school. There's a lot of parents who would like some information on what exactly that means and what it looks like. We deserve answers. Mm -hmm. And when that shit goes on, it just makes the distrust in government even worse. If you didn't like Stephen Del Duca or Doug Ford or Andrea Horvath or Mike Schreiner before last night, you probably fucking hate him now. Mm-hmm. And, and when it comes to debates, debates are supposed to be an opportunity to say what's on your mind and be able to question each other. That's the point of a debate. Tonight, there's going to be a debate amongst the conservative leadership hopefuls. And Patrick Brown's going to participate tonight. So this will be the first time that Patrick Brown, Jean Charest, Leslin Lewis, Roman Babber, and Pierre Polyev, and I forget the other guy's name, but he's not going to win anyway, <laughs> that they're all going to be on the same stage at the same time. I think this is going to be good. I'm actually kind of looking forward to it. I'm glad it's happening on a night when there's no hockey. Yeah, that's isn't that the most important part? Is like when you, oh, okay, well, there's no playoff games happening. Great. I'm in. Yeah, you know, I mean, we deserve so much better. And I just want everyone to remember that when these slimy fuckers come to your door and they're like, hello, we'd like to know if you're going to be supporting your your local new Democrat candidate. Ask questions. Ask them questions. Those people that want to come and knock on your door and violate your right to enjoy your house without shitheads on your step. You have a right to not have an asshole knocking on your door. So if they're going to do it anyway, ask them questions that you want answered. Ask them about that 1%. Is it going to stay? Are you going to increase it? Are you going to increase it for certain professions? If it's for certain professions, which ones? Like no to the teachers, yes to the healthcare workers. Uh, What is going to happen with the stickers? Yeah, you took away the stickers, but we assume you need to replace that revenue somehow. I've heard rumors that they're going to require you to get a safety done to renew your sticker. I've heard similar, yeah. Safety every, and it's every whatever it is, two, three years or something. Ask these people what is the plan and and you know what it was doug that got rid of the stickers but if if andrea gets in maybe she's going to bring it back ask your ndp candidate are you going to bring back that 120 dollars bill that i got every year on my birthday mm-hmm. are you going to do that hey there's many things we need to know about how much environmental impact are these highways going yep. to have and you know what will it really save half an hour for the average driver and how many drivers are going to use it those are all questions to ask about highways when it comes to del duca Are you really going to tell me that if my kid doesn't have two COVID shots that, by the way, they got a year ago, that they can't go to kindergarten? Really? Are you going to tell me that? Be clear in your answers, but it's not going to happen. Like, I feel like we're never going to get we're never going to get real answers. But this is why I feel like you need to do your own interviews, everybody. They're out there. They're knocking. They're coming to doors. They know that this is a war. And despite what the polls say. It's closer than the polls are indicating. It's much closer. And I feel like there's a lot of people who are just one or two things away from making a decision. And I think that if you have an opportunity with one of those people on your doorstep, you should ask them. And if they don't answer your question, tell them you didn't answer my question. I want an answer. Most of them will probably run because they're cowardly people. But ask for it. And give you you a dance around answer like you just heard. Exactly. And you know what else? Feel free to share. I'd love to start reading tweets from regular people like, hey, my local uh, PC candidate came to the door and I asked him, uh, hey, if there's another wave of COVID in the fall, can you promise that we won't lock down again? Can you promise that? 
Because I'd like to know what the mm-hmm. answer to that is. Nobody has asked Doug a good question like that. Doug, what happens if there is another wave? You're Mr. Fucking Lockdown. You shut us down four times. Is there going to be a fifth in the fall? What's the next, uh, sorry, what's the next debate set? Uh, it is next week, next, I believe. Okay, okay. Yeah, tonight is the federal conservative leadership. And then I think it's next week that the okay. provincial leaders are going to debate again. All right. Listen, all I want is accountability and I want information and answers. And we're not getting any of that from this motley crew that was on stage last night in North mm. Bay yelling over top of Talking each other. Over one another, screaming over one, an, over one another, it, really. It's so juvenile. I get into debates with people every day of my life, every day. And I at least have enough respect to not talk over them. These people are gross, slimy, and none of them deserve your vote right now. None of them do. And if you want to give it to somebody, make them earn it. Ask some questions. And if you don't get somebody knocking on your door, phone their office. Those fuckers are dying to talk to people. They are. Go there and do Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, A couple things that I want to get to here. Let's go to, we have this on our FM radio show today, and I wanted to bring it to the pod because I feel like this is a list that actually hit the mark. Okay. He is a therapist from Portland, Oregon. His name is Jeff Gunther. And on TikTok, he posted the 15 small but very significant things that you should know about your partner six months into a relationship. I feel like the beginning of a relationship is when most of the talking and long conversations and uh, things like that happen. No, when you all the hang text up messages. First. No, you hang <laughs> up first. Do people, okay, it's been a while since I dated. Do people still talk on the phone? You can't ask me that question. I don't know. I, I, I assume so. If you, if you can't be with that person in, in person, physically, then yeah, you're going to do the next best thing, which in my opinion is probably talking on the phone, definitely over texting. So yeah, I'm pretty sure that will happen. Well, you should strive to find out these tidbits of information within the first six months. You want to know, how do they like to celebrate their birthday? Are they one of those people that has a birth week or a birth month and has to hit (laughs) up five different clubs every time they go out and have a whole entourage of people and bottles popping. Now, would that bother you if that's the case is the key, right? Sure. Or are they the type that likes nice, quiet, chill dinner just with their partner or their immediate family? Are they someone who doesn't even like to celebrate their birthday? Are they someone who does like to celebrate, but only if it's a milestone? These are all things that you want to know. The last thing you want to do is plan a quiet picnic on the lakeshore and then find out they really wanted to be at the club popping bottles listening to drake on repeat (laughs) well some people are like that yeah uh how much alone time if any do they need 
That's I, a good one, actually. I agree with you because, yeah. you know, it can be real easy to get overbearing and not even realize you're being overbearing yeah. if you're with someone who really does value their alone time. Right. Or just assuming that you're going to do something together every single time that you have a spare moment. Like, yeah, well, we're obviously getting together, right? We're obviously having dinner because you're not working. Well, I have other stuff I got to catch up on, you know, like and then you don't want to hurt their feelings. So, yeah, that's a great one just to know, you know, roughly. This is a this is a, a trick I find. What's their favorite food? I mean, their favorite food. If you guys go out to a restaurant and and they always order the seafood special, you might think, oh, wow, their favorite food is Branzino. No, not necessarily. Uh, you know what? I'll use my own girlfriend in this example because when we went out, she would always order seafood, maybe a steak, that sort of thing. So I would have assumed, okay, she really likes steak. She really likes seafood. Turns out her favorite thing is some weird fucking Italian soup that you give your kids when you're sick. Oh, really? Yeah. And that's her favorite thing. It's just pasta and chicken broth. It sounds stupid to me, but apparently it's very popular. Okay. That would be her favorite thing. What turns them on? What gets them in the mood? Yeah, that's important. It is. But again, this is one where there could be a a false sense of security. You think... They really like, uh, I don't know, when, when you wear lingerie and when you talk dirty. In reality, it might be much, much deeper than that. What really they like, what turns them on could be you when you're wearing glasses or something like or that. Or more emotional. Like when you pay attention to me and we have a nice moment of this and that, that's what turns me on. You know, I guess everybody's different there. It's one of those things, though, a few of these. It's not an easy thing to bring up to just straightforward ask somebody like, so what turns you on? You know, like you. Okay, well, let's just jump right into it. But hopefully over the course of six months, you do get a good chance to figure those answers out. What is their favorite TV show, movie and band? I would think that you know that fairly early in a relationship, don't you? I mean, I think so. And also, does that change stuff for you? Because I feel like for me, it would specifically music. I feel like there are certain genres of music. If my partner liked them, I'd be like, oh, well, I guess we can't share a playlist. That's fucking great. (laughs) For me, music is such a bonding thing. It really is. And my husband and I have that in common. We have like the same playlist. Aside from the fact he's got a lot more country than I would. A lot more country than I would. You don't like country? It's not that I don't like it. I have to be in the mood. Okay. You know, when we're driving and stuff, he'll throw the country playlist on and I love it. No problem. We're driving. It's good. A good time. Fine. It's relaxing. Cool. But if like we're sitting at the bar at the bar at home and he's throwing on like fucking some old, not even old. I actually like old country, some newer country that I don't know. I'm like, why? Can, can we let's pump it up a little bit here. It's just not my jam. But that said, I'm talking more like if someone was like metal, I know nothing about that shit. So if I got into a relationship with somebody and they were like, yeah, we're going to go see fucking Slayer, I'd be like, okay, cool. <laughs> see, you, see you never. I'm not going there. Like that's not happening and that's not my world. But I feel like some of those things and it could be TV in there could be mixed with movies and TV. Some of those can be a divider. I'm not saying it's an unhealthy thing because people are allowed to have their own likes. It's just that when you do come together for those moments, it kind of sucks when you're not on the same page. We're talking about the 15 small but significant things you should know about your partner in the first six months of your relationship. How long do they need to get ready and head out the door? (laughs) That's deceiving, right? I mean, some people are jeans on the floor, put them on, grab a 
semi-clean T-shirt and they're ready to go. Yeah. They don't need to do anything to their hair or clean up or anything. They're just good. Me, I'm pretty consistent. It's about 40 minutes to get ready, start to finish, if I rush. If you're going out somewhere like big, right? You're not talking about like, hey, your girlfriend says, hey, Scott, um, there's a deal over at no, some store. Let's go check it out. Yeah. You're not going to take 40 minutes to get ready to hop out to Old Navy or some shit, are you? I really weigh where I might or might not run into someone. Really? Yeah. If I'm going somewhere in town, public, where somebody might go, oh, hey, I know you. I listen to you on the radio yeah. or something like that. I don't want to find, I don't want to be in that situation wearing a hat and my hair all messed up and I probably smell like booze or something from the <laughs> night before. No, I'm, I'm doing full shower. We're going to fully right. clean up before we go out, oh. even if it is a trip oh. to Old Navy. I've totally gone to the mall looking like a homeless person, and then someone's recognized me, by the way. It's the uh. worst. Like, I actually commented on, like, I look, and they're like, no, you look dressed for the weather. <laughs> I said, okay. I was like, sorry, I look like a piece of shit today. Oh, you look dressed for the weather. I'm like, yeah, that's your way of seeing I look like a piece of shit today. That's fine. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's good to know in both cases, some guys that are ready to go fairly quick and efficiently think, okay, we have to be there at six. So if I tell her we're leaving at 530, that'll be good. Well, you got to factor in that that means she's probably going to start yeah. getting ready at four. And it's amazing once you're in the rela- long-term relationship. I've been married to my husband for many years now. I just know what it means when he's like, oh, we're going to go. Okay, I'll go get ready. I'll be back up in five. Okay, I know his five is closer to like a 10. If I say I'm going to be ready in five, mine's probably closer to a 15. And he knows that. But we'll say those words anyway, even though we fully know how long it's going to take each of us to get ready. I know him. I know him like the back of my hand and he knows me. So and he knows it's going to take me a full 15. And he's going to take him like 10. I feel like your husband's meticulous. I feel like he maybe even takes a little longer than you to get ready sometimes. So it depends. It depends. No, I mean, we're like, we're roughly the same. Like I said, I, I think it's probably accurate. Like 10, it depends where we're going though. That's why I mean, like it totally depends where we're going. If we're going somewhere nice, it's going to take me a full hour. It might take him a half hour. Next thing you should know, their most controversial take This is important because in and around that six-month mark, you're going to be introducing that person to people that are closer or more important to you, maybe your employer. Imagine you don't know exactly how they feel about certain things. You get them to a work function, and you're surrounded by colleagues, and then you find out he's a... uh, I don't know, an anti-vaxxer with real strong views about what happened with COVID and stuff like that. And you just don't want that to come up in your work scenario. You need to find out their controversial takes. That's right. And then once you find out what they are, if you're willing to accept them in a relationship, you need to make sure they don't bring them up to other people. (laughs) That's basically the gist of it. There are controversial takes like my husband would have, for example, that he knows. Don't you fucking tell anybody that. You Mm -hmm. can't say that shit out loud. You can't say it out loud around people I know. It's just a deal. You got to have that deal. You might be okay with it or at least accepting enough. That's fine. But you don't say that shit to other people. But if it's a deal breaker for you, you should absolutely figure that out in advance. Hope you can anyway. You should know who is their best friend and why is is that person their best friend. Hmm. In my case, I've known my best friend since elementary school. And to this day, we're still friends. Now, I've got other friends that I might put in the best friend category that I've really only known for like five years or so. But I would put them in that category. It's the why. Why is that person your best friend? Right. Uh, Hey, why are you best friends with somebody who's uh, been arrested four times and is a known drug dealer? Why? Maybe that drug dealer's got a real important quality or (laughs) they saved your life someday. Right. 
something like yeah, that. Yeah, or just qualities generally that you don't want your partner to have. Like, hey, that's, this person's kind of a player. Or maybe you have a history with that person too. And you're like, why do you have to be best friends with that person? Sure. What family member triggers them the most? I, I think for some people... Oh. That would be a parent relationship. Uh, there's some people. Sibling. Who, sibling is another one. Yeah, you get triggered and Cousin, it instantly oh. puts you in a different state of mind or a different mindset. And you should know that. Okay. Hey, we're going to hang out with, with her sister. Right. And when she's around her sister, she's like this. Right. Or her great aunt. Okay. We're visiting the great aunt. You got to know. Okay. Full support system is on here. I'll give you a, an exit word, right? You know, when I say that word, we got to get the hell out of there. That's good to know. What will instantly make them laugh? Oh, I like that. Yeah. I like that. For me, awkward is always funny. People falling will never not be funny to me. If yeah. somebody falls, I will fucking laugh. A really inappropriate like comment made, maybe like something like that under your breath, like, what about this? That would probably work for some people. Mm-hmm. But knowing what that is that triggers some, someone to laugh is a good thing. Fart sounds, a really, <laughs> a really well-placed F-bomb. Sure. All of those things will make me laugh every single time. So, hey, if, you should know that about your significant other. That's important, too. Like, just long-term, that's important to just know what's going to make the other person happy in that moment, in the hard times, you know? What is their biggest insecurity? You should know that within the first six months. Insecurities are important to know because that makes the other person feel insecure. And you certainly don't want to tap into that. You don't want to be part of the problem. If they're very insecure about dancing, I don't like to dance, for example. Don't take me to a club. Right. Don't take me to a wedding. I'm insecure about people watching me. So don't do that because I don't feel right yeah. when Come I'm do there. the Congo line. Yeah, don't do that shit. Yeah. yeah. Right. And by the way, that could be a physical insecurity. It could be like you mentioned, dancing is a good example because that that's kind of outside of the norm of, you know, I'm insecure talking about this or I'm insecure. There's a lot of different levels of insecurity. So that's good to know. What's the best way to support them when they're stressed or upset? When I'm stressed or upset, I want quiet. I don't want to big long conversation. I don't think we need to have an intervention or sit down and discuss it. I just want quiet. That's a good way that you can support me when I'm stressed or upset. I don't need to be taken on a shopping spree at the outlets. Some people do. Right. Oh, absolutely. There's something for everyone. If you know, it's nice to know those things because when you're stressed out or something, when your partner is like, I know what you need, you need to binge watch friends and here's a tub of ice cream and that's exactly what you need in that moment. Great. What do they ultimately want from the relationship? In the first six months, Mm. you should be able to determine, do you want to talk about a long term? Should we be thinking about, "Eh, my lease is coming up, your lease is coming up. Should we maybe think about when both our leases are up, maybe living together? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How do you feel about kids? Are you intending to stay here or are you interested in moving to another province? All the long-term stuff, you should have had that conversation. It might be a hot take, but I think you should bring that up way before six-month mark. I'm talking that should be in the first, like, I'd say month two. I know that sounds early for some people to have the serious talk, but it's not that serious to know what you want in life. You know, if you know full-blown you don't want kids or you don't want to get married, all the big ones, or you're willing to move for your job and you don't really give a shit about who you're with, you're going to move for your job if you get a great promotion and that person doesn't want to live in that city. These are all things that are important to at least bring up. 
For some people, it'll be a deal breaker. Maybe there's a lot of little things that lead to, oh, plus they don't want kids. I'm out. You know, and things change. Absolutely. But to stay with someone to think that you can change them is a terrible thing anyway. So anyway, maybe it's an unpopular opinion, but I think those questions should be answered much, much, much earlier. Don't waste your time. Who wants time wasted? What do they allow themselves to splurge on financially? Oh, you're bringing up money now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't buy a lot of frivolous purchases. I'm sort of a, if I need it, I'll buy it. No problem. If I want it, I really think about it before I buy it. Some people, when they get a little extra money, it's like, fuck yeah, we're going to the casino. They get a little bit of extra money. Mm-hmm. I'm going to buy a new car. I'm going to go buy this or that. Other people don't. And it's important to know what they splurge on, what their big thing is when they have some extra money and they're feeling confident Mm -hmm. to spend it. Yeah, I think that the financials are so important. And we know that's the number one reason why couples, married couples argue. You know, so when you're dating somebody and you find out, ooh, they're really bad with their financial situation. They don't understand how to spend the money that they have. That can be a red flag for you. And maybe it's vice versa. You're, you're like, hey, I'm going to go to the mall or I'm going to go here or on Amazon. I dropped another 300, 400. Uh, that might be an issue. It might be something you want to talk about and figure out why are you spending that money on what? And everybody has their things. And I think it's cool. You want to spend your money in your category, whatever it is for you. Cool. Un, you know, with, with a cap, maybe you decide, OK, I understand that you like shoes, for example. But can we cap this like no more than one new pair of shoes each month or two or well (laughs) fuck for some people maybe right but if you want to actually see a future with that person ask yourself if you combine your finances are you okay with your money basically as well being spent on those things i'm also curious about what your response would be if they said yeah you know what like if i got a little extra money if i got a bonus at work i love to splurge on travel or i love to splurge on crypto I, I like to oh, just buy, shit. I like to buy that sort of stuff. <laughs> right, you know, right, like, right. Whatever they say could influence how you feel about them, not just impact yeah. the trajectory of the relationship. And it could tell you a lot about their personality. And this is, and keep in mind, this is all because you don't want to necessarily, the goal is never to change somebody. That's what I think. The goal is never, maybe they need help. Maybe, especially when it comes to finances, there's a lot of couples. I know there's a lot of couples that when they first got together, one of them maybe was not so good. The other person took the reins and took control of the financial situation. But it's also to understand what they're into. And maybe it is the casino and just maybe like kind of realize, okay, if we're doing this, I hope that this person's going to be able to control it. Or should we maybe discuss you know, capping it if you're deciding to move in together or et cetera. It can become a problem. It's important to know those things. What if they say their their thing that they'll allow themselves to splurge on financially is like some obscure collectible. Oh, when I have extra money, I buy Beanie Babies or something like that. (laughs) That's fucking weird, right? Like I can have a red flag raised there. When you look at the, the, I mean, some of those Beanie Babies that go up for auction go for a pretty penny. So everyone has their thing. I suppose it's weird. It could be weird, but um, it all depends. It really all depends on how much money and does that really bother me? Do I think it's an investment or not? You know, all the questions. The last one on this list of 15 things that are small, but significant that you should know about your partner within the first six months of dating. What's their biggest guilty pleasure? That could be a show. Yeah, that could be anything. You know what? You could be dating the scientist who cures cancer. 
But then you find out they are addicted to 90 Day Fiance. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure that exact scenario has happened before. Exactly. But that's another way you get to know part of their personality is to know that. Now, I was fascinated by the things that were not on this list. Things that I think you should know in the first six months. And I think one of them is about how they were raised. That can tell you so much about how your life is going to be if this works out in the long term. If they were someone who was, uh, I don't know, raised very wealthy, they're probably going to have some expensive tastes. They probably don't have the same appreciation for what it's like to live on a lower income and stuff like that. Uh, Conversely, if they were raised in a house where there was no manners, just a fucking free for all all the time, they might come off a little disrespectful. And these are things that you can learn about your future by learning about their past. Mm. I just, the only thing I'd tread lightly on there is you're, you you shouldn't go under the assumption that they're going to want to raise a family the exact same way that they were raised. I know plenty of people who dislike the way that they were raised, the way that their parents brought them up maybe, or maybe it was a certain circumstance that they were in that they dislike that they want to correct and they want to change. There are people who have been through hell as a kid. You know, maybe they had an, it could have been any number of things that were out of their control. And it could be anything from lack of manners in the house. We were allowed to swear, you know, we, we were allowed to drink at, you know, 12 years old. It was really fucked up. But I'm here. I want to change that. That's a lot different to me, you know, than someone who says, yeah, I love the way we did it. You know, I'm going to do that. It, it, it all depends. Like, I mean, I, I don't like to judge everybody based on how they grew up because that is so far out of your control. It's just crazy. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. To me. There are... We are so limited on time already, but a couple things I'm just going to throw out here. Tell me if we want to circle back and spend a little time on them. This one I do. It was confirmed yesterday. Toronto is going to be the first city in Canada where restaurants will be eligible for Michelin stars starting this fall. Michelin says their inspectors have already visited some downtown restaurants in Toronto that could be awarded one, two, or three prestigious Michelin stars. Are these probably like the hotel uh, associated restaurants? Like when you tell me Michelin, because that's just my first reaction is when you tell me Michelin stars, I think expensive, you know, five star hotels, those mm-hmm. restaurants inside mm-hmm. there, because I know that those are like the most sought after places. Yeah, I mean, they could be. Uh, they they definitely could be. Uh, Louis Louis, where is that one? Is That's in the, the St. Regis Hotel in Toronto. A lot of people think that they would likely get a Michelin star and Michelin stars aren't for the success of your restaurant. Therefore the talent of your staff and the presentation that you put on, there are sushi restaurants that have Michelin stars, sushi where nothing actually gets cooked, but they got those Michelin stars because of their plating and because of the knife work that the sushi artist used. Wow. So it really is a prestigious honor. I have to think that if a restaurant in Toronto gets a Michelin star, they're going to be in business for a very, very long time. Because there are people who will go out of their way to go to restaurants Mm -hmm. that have been given that high honor. I would think that the easy, no-brainer, 100%, it's a lock, 
is going to go to Don Alfonso. I would think that that's probably going to get a Michelin star. It deserves a Michelin star. The food is that Where good. is it located? Uh, it's downtown in some, it's somewhere? It's downtown. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Cool. I don't yeah. even remember what street it's on. Uh, Don Alfonso would likely get one. Some people might, not me, but some people might make a case for Harbor 60. Should get a Michelin star. Sure. Right down there by Scotiabank Arena. Can we have like a Nobu too or something now? Or do we have a Nobu? I forget. It's not the same. It's... I don't think any of the Nobus have a Michelin star, to be honest. I with don't you. know. I think that they're, yeah, maybe it's just the publicity that they gain, right? And that's what, that's a big difference between what you gain for what you put, your presentation and just publicity because celebrities go there. Well, not only is this going to highlight some of the great work already being done here, it's also going to attract culinary talent to here. Good. Hey, if you've got a chance to open up a brand new restaurant in Toronto, one of the biggest cities in North America, and they're handing out Michelin stars, and that's your ticket to getting your Michelin star. And as a chef, that's like winning an Oscar. Right. That's the, huge. Why yeah. wouldn't you come here? Restaurateurs are going to be opening up here more. This is a really big deal. Uh, are you okay with this? Elon Musk says that once he takes over Twitter formally, he's going to unban Donald Trump. He says it was foolish in the extreme to ever ban him in the first place. He says Twitter bans will be rare. And reserved only for accounts that are scamming and automated bots. Yeah. Okay. So it doesn't bother me, to be honest with you. I, for me, it didn't, it, I didn't care that they did it in the first place. Like I, I but I don't care that they're going to add him back. You know, for me, it's more, I control who I follow. So if I don't like somebody, I just don't follow them. I understand some people think this goes way beyond just not liking someone or being a not well-liked individual. I know that he said things and people will accuse him of being the reason why certain things happen. I get all those things. But uh, I'm not surprised by it. I'm really not. I don't think he'll join. That said, guys, I don't think he's going to join. He claims that he's all about his truth social. He's not going to rejoin Twitter no matter what, even with Elon, even though he likes Elon Musk. And Elon Musk obviously doesn't hate him. He's not going to rejoin, he says. But given the opportunity, he might. For good publicity, he Maybe, will. Maybe, right? He will. What does he have to lose at this point? At this point, he could come back on just to promote Truth Social, and that wouldn't surprise me either. Yeah. Free speech is free speech. If he wants to use it to promote his platform, he could do that. Peloton's uphill struggle continues to... <laughs> <laughs> Peloton's uphill struggle to generate sales as more people break from the forced home workout routine and go back to the office or back to their gym membership. They say... Shares were down 16% yesterday in late morning trading after they reported it lost 757 million Ooh. US dollars in the most recent quarter. Dude. Dude. Maybe. I'm not going to float this out there. I'm not in the bike business or the fitness business, but maybe Peloton. You guys could back off a little bit on the price. Maybe yeah. it's a little too expensive. They may have to have some form of a fire sale. Here's the thing, too, and I was reading, it's funny, not long ago I was reading about Peloton just having an insanely excessive amount of bikes like in warehouses, just like ready to ship, but nobody's buying them. That's the problem, right? And when you forecast how many people are going to be buying a Peloton, and for a while, by the way, it was hot. Mm -hmm. It was a hot ticket. I believe it was Christmas of 2020 that it was the hottest gift you could buy somebody, very expensive, of course. Oh my God, it's a bike with a TV. A Peloton was so important because we didn't know, will gyms be a thing again? What should I, I need to work out at home. I need to do this. This gave you a sense of being with someone else at the same time. You're being trained 
uh, you know, right in front of your face to do it. It felt like almost like a studio experience without needing the full studio. You just needed the bike. It's great. I think the Peloton model is fantastic. But the problem, I think, lies with, obviously, they're forecasting. They assumed this is the way of the world now. Peloton, and everyone was talking Peloton, and that's great. But eventually, that is going to crawl to a, a bit of a slow slowdown there. And that's what's happening is people are rejoining the gym and going, well, do I get a Peloton for X amount of price and space taken up in my home? Or do I just go back to the gym for, I don't know, some places are just 20 bucks a month, 30 bucks a month. Maybe I'll do that and I'll, I'll opt for that. I agree with you on the price. The, if the price was, I don't know, cut in half, maybe I'd consider it. But otherwise, I mean, I prefer a gym anyway, but I don't see them. I, I don't know if they're going to make a comeback here, are they? Peloton, you need to pick a lane. Are you going to be in the bike selling business or are you going to be in the monthly subscription selling business? You can't do both anymore because people have a lot of other options. And that gym membership, which you can get for some gyms right now, they're going like 30 bucks a month. Yeah, they're not bad. Yeah. So for a buck a day, you can work out at a gym and have the option to have all those facilities or you can do a one time investment in a Peloton. It should be a one-time investment. You either get the bike for free, but you subscribe for however long you subscribe, or you get the subscription for free when you buy a bike. But I shouldn't be paying monthly to do a ride-along with some fucking weird trainer from Amsterdam. Well, that's <laughs> exactly what it is. I think this is a very important moment for Peloton. Because yes. we'll see, and you're right, they got to pick a lane. So what is it going to be? Are you going to either... I don't know, decrease the price or figure out a new plan, a new motion? Or are you just going to do a fire sale and kind of slowly trickle down to, you know, maybe nothing? I don't know. I I don't I'm not saying that they're going to go out of business by any means. I know there's people, a lot of people who like the model that that will do it. But I I just it was a covid thing. Mm -hmm. It's one of those businesses that was such a covid thing. And now they're like. I don't know. It's like being in the cloth mask business right now. They're like, well, <laughs> fuck, we got to do a fire sale on these for sure. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because just this morning I grabbed a new mask from our PPE supply here at uh, here at the radio station. Yeah. I grabbed it and I thought, how much money are we spending on these fucking masks? Which, as far as I understand it, these blue blue and white ones don't mm-hmm. actually stop COVID. It, not the, the variants because the, the particles and the variants are too small. And unless you're wearing a specific higher end mask, this is useless. And how much longer are companies going to be expected to keep forking out that kind of money buying boxes and boxes of these before someone's going to yeah. come out and officially somebody with an official capacity, a chief medical officer, come out and say, yeah, those don't work. You're kind of wasting your money if you buy those. You know, yes, but the one thing I will say about that is I hear you on the COVID, but it's not just COVID that's circulating right no, you're now. You're right. It's about 15 different... Their influenza A, if I'm not mistaken, is really hardcore right now. There's about 15 viruses that are just circulating so hardcore that it doesn't hurt right now. I, I'm a little more comfortable with it on when I'm going out in public anyway. Bronchitis seems to be making a return too. Bronchitis, laryngitis, um, uh, tonsillitis, all the itises. Yeah. I swear because my daughter's suffering from from a tonsillitis situation right now. It's just like everything is just happening. Everything's happening right now. It's uh, it's insane. Last thing, and we got to go quick on this because we're out of time. 64% are worried about being themselves in the workplace. 64%. They say 7 in 10 say they've adopted an entirely different persona when they're at work compared to the person they are at home. Wow. 1,900 workers took this survey from JobSage. 
they found that nearly two in three, 64%, have experienced some sort of backlash from their colleagues when a private detail about their life became public knowledge at work. So what is it that we do not want our employer to learn about? Number one, political views. Okay. Imagine being an employee at, I don't know, the CBC and them finding out you're actually a Pierre Polyev supporter. Imagine being uh, in a very woke liberal place and them finding out you're a Trump fan or you've got a MAGA hat or something like that. That would not be popular. Which really shouldn't affect your job. Not you know, in the, the slightest the, it should That's the thing is like all of these, I'm sure there's more on the list that don't actually affect what you do, but you want to hide it for certain reasons. One in three want to keep from their employer their current relationship status. I'm wondering what Mm. that means specifically. You don't want work to know that you're in a relationship. You don't want work to know you're going through a divorce. You don't want work to know this or that. Yeah, I think any number of those things. Just started to date someone like, "Eh, I I don't like invasive questions. Or maybe you are going through a divorce. You don't want to talk about that. But it's difficult, I find. Like, don't you find the people around, like employees, uh, your, your, sorry, your co-workers are going to ask you questions. If you do anything social, other than just like sit at your desk or wherever your position might be and then do lunch, maybe now and again, they're, you're going to inevitably have to answer questions, I think. One in three are keeping from their employer their religious beliefs. Okay, yep. Another one in three are avoiding revealing their sexual orientation. Okay. One in four are even hiding a disability from their workplace. Yeah, they don't want to be, like, with all those things, these are people that are afraid they're going to be looked at differently. Is this right? Am I getting on the right path here? Or getting canceled from work. I mean, I understand it. If you're a Trump supporter in a place that's either apolitical or leans left, you're not coming in with a fucking MAGA hat on. You're not going to do that. Sure. If you did, you'd be afraid. Oh, fuck. I'm going to get fired for but this. They're going to find a way to get rid of me. It's disappointing to me to hear that about sexual orientation, though. Oh, like, 100%. Who gives a shit? I think that maybe they're more afraid of certain demographics of their coworkers are going to care. I'll be honest, because I think that the younger ones probably don't care. I think they're more worried about people who are potentially there to give them a promotion. And that's so disappointing to hear. I uh, I feel bad that people have to live a separate life, but I think you really do need to look around where you work and ask yourself, do I want any of these people to know any of the details about my personal life? Because I'm really just here to work and earn a check and go home. I don't really need Tom in IT there to know that eh, I'm thinking about leaving my wife. <laughs> he doesn't need to know that. People who put on it, I do find it interesting though, the people who put on a different persona at work than they do in their personal life. And here is a great test to that. The work Christmas party or any form of office party when they bring in a significant other into the equation, mm-hmm. isn't it always interesting? Because I've had that before where I go up to chat with a coworker of mine. I'm like, hey, how's it going? And they're, I might as well be talking to an absolute stranger because they're with somebody. Mm-hmm. They're likely their spouse. Yep. And they're just a different person. Okay. They're that- quieter. They don't answer. They're not the same person at all. Like, what's wrong? Is everything okay? Like, so why and why is my question? Like, why are you so different around us 
when you're at your work environment. And I'm sure it's happened vice versa, where people have gone to their into that circumstance with their with their significant other. And all of a sudden they're like the jokester. So like, oh, my God, that thing you said was funny. And you're going, that's not the person I know. Like, why are you different? Don't you find that happens? It happens all the time. And then there's also the opposite sex complication. Like, oh, I didn't realize you were so close with so many of your female coworkers. Right. What's going on there? Right. Yeah. You're when you start blending worlds together, sometimes shit goes wrong. Yeah. That's why maybe you should keep your personal life completely separate from work. If you can avoid bringing it up, maybe you should avoid bringing yeah. it up. I, uh, I don't, I'm very selective about who I do and don't let in. I think Kat knows just about every detail of my personal life. And, and so does Dave. But then those guys down the hall, they don't fucking know anything about me, and I'm good with that. <laughs> it's good sometimes to have a little bit of mystery, isn't it? A little bit. I think that yeah. that's good. And who's going to ask? You know, there's some. there are some nosy people out there in the world that will maybe. And it, maybe it is that one coworker or something. But at a certain point, you can just say, fuck off, Janet. You, you know, know who knows? The smokers. Because they all stay in oh, packs. Oh, yeah. They all get it like a break an hour, and they all go and just talk. They got nothing to do but talk for five to ten minutes while they're having their smoke. And that's how gossip goes around. Uh. Like, hey, guess what I heard? I heard uh, Jimmy over there is is uh, leaving his wife because yeah. he's coming out of the closet, and he's going to convert to Judaism, and <laughs> he's a fucking Trump supporter. <laughs> Mind blown. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> we gotta go. Have a great hump day, everybody. Oh, quickly, it's McHappy Day at McDonald's. Yes, yes, guys. We, I think everybody knows about Ronald McDonald House. In short, this is a, an incredible initiative that was started by uh, McDonald's a long, long time ago. It helps to keep families really close to the hospitals when they need it. Maybe their kid is in the NICU. Maybe they're going through surgery. Maybe they are preparing to get some devastating news. These are places that families go for that support, not just a place to physically sleep and eat while they're there, but just to have uh, an incredible amount of support all the way around. The people who work there are incredible. Scott and I had a chance to take a tour years ago, and we continue to support the initiative of McHappy Day. So maybe today is the day you go out of your way to purchase some goods. Maybe you don't like anything at McDonald's. That's okay. You can also just donate. If that if any of that moves you at all, you can donate. But I mean, I have some very good friends that ha- that lived in the Ronald McDonald house for a while while their child was going through surgery and said they don't know how they would have been able to maneuver that their life basically in that month of time without Ronald McDonald house. I don't know if any of the executives or decision makers at McDonald's are listening, but I just want to put this out there. I love that you guys do McHappy Day, and I realize that not just corporate, but also the individual franchisees donate a lot of their would-be revenue from today to this great cause, and it is an incredible cause. I liked it better when it was just certain things on the menu. Right now, it's buy anything, and a portion of proceeds are going to go to the charity of that location's choice. I kind of liked it when it was, for every Big Mac we sell, we'll donate a dollar. For every McFlurry, for every Egg McMuffin, we'll donate a dollar. This whole everything, I'd like a little more specificity. I don't go to McDonald's very often, so I'd like to know that if I go in and I buy a quarter pounder and I upsize the fries, I'm donating a buck fifty. 
I kind of like that, but that's just me. Just a suggestion. Yeah. Take it for what it's worth. Yeah, it's not easily out there, but you can look that all of that up. Anytime you have a, re- a registered charity, um, which I believe they are, if oh, I'm yeah. not mistaken, yep, then you have to have everything very, very clear to people to know what's going where to who. I do know it's a great cause. I'm going to buy a, another coffee later on today. I'll probably take the kids for a happy meal or something too uh, because it really is a great initiative. It's also a good idea to pick up a bunch of cookies or treats and sure. take them back to work today. Yeah. Oh, and if you don't, maybe you don't want food. I don't know. Maybe you don't like food. Um, they've got socks on sale there at a lot of the locations and all, was it bracelets? I think too. Anyway, stuff you can purchase and those will all uh, go back to Ronald McDonald House as well. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba! They haven't had that jingle in a while. It's still in my head, though. They should bring that back. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, listen, this Apple just announced that after more than 20 years, they're discontinuing the iPod. You know the iPod. It's that thing you're using right now to level your desk. Yeah. Starbucks added a new drink to its menu, which is cold brew coffee topped with chocolate foam and sweetened with vanilla syrup. It's also their first drink to come with the bathroom key. It has been a rough week on Wall Street uh, with the world's largest tech companies like Amazon, Facebook, and Google losing more than $1 trillion over the last few days. You can tell Google's desperate for help because today they asked Jeeves what to do. (laughs) Authorities in Texas are looking for a man who allegedly burglarized a home and then mowed the front and back lawns before fleeing the scene. Police describe the suspect as your dad. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy it.